said, you know what's wrong? Because you're a liar. <gasps> I said, you're a cheater. And you're a liar. And I started screaming in the middle of the parking lot. Like, I just went off. Yeah. And all he can do was look at me dumbfounded. And then I went home. And we lived together. And I took everything and, like, destroyed it. Like, the Xbox, destroyed. The clothing, destroyed. Everything, destroyed. Welcome to Bronx Girl at Heart, a space where we explore harsh truths about growing up in our 20s and show love to our past while looking towards our future. My name is Bronx Girl at Heart, aka Alanis. Hi guys, welcome to episode two of the podcast. I'm so happy you guys made it. We're back and better than ever before. Um, And just a few reminders before we really get into it. If you haven't already, please follow us at at Bronx Girl at Heart Podcast on Instagram. We'll have all the updates there about when you can see the next episode. And guys, we are, if if by the time this um, this podcast is out, it is within the same month and we fulfilled our goal. We want to post our podcast twice a month. So yeah, just stay posted and keep listening. Another reminder on we're available on Spotify and Apple so you can actually go on Spotify and Apple Podcasts and just hit follow next to our podcast so you can keep getting notifications and stay tuned in. So now that we got that out of the way, today we're switching the order a little bit from last episode. We're starting off with our sound off segment and then we'll bring in a very special guest for Casamigos Confessions. Very exciting. But for our sound off, I just want to talk, and this is very selfish, I want to talk about a Netflix series that I've been binging and I actually completed recently. So, spoiler alert, but I mean, honestly, I don't care. That's It's been out on Netflix, so if you guys haven't, if it hasn't been spoiled to you by Twitter or social media yet, then... I don't know what to tell you. Don't come for me. It's on Netflix. So the show is Jenny and Georgia. I don't know if you guys have watched it, but I have a lot of thoughts. Now, this isn't really a play-by-play or a review of everything that's gone on in the show, but this is more just the overarching themes and the main messages that I've got from the show. Spoiler alert, again, if you guys haven't watched Jenny and Georgia, but... Georgia does something really bad to her ex-husband because Ginny was, let's say Ginny was violated by this ex-husband and Georgia just, she got rid of his ass. She got rid of his ass. Mm -hmm. So Ginny in response, when she learns this information, she kind of goes down this depressive episode. Uh, Ginny also like self-harms and things like that. Whereas opposed to Georgia, Georgia's been like killing people and struggling her whole life. So it's really just that you can see their age difference and you can see the difference in terms of their just world view. This is something that on Georgia's hand, she thought it would, she just wanted to relieve her daughter of all the pain in the world and get rid of anyone that may have caused it. And on Ginny's side, 
she was just like my mother's like a crazy killer and essentially that's a theme that follows most of the episode is like most of the episodes it's like my mother's crazy why is she doing this but then you also get to see from the mother's perspective why parents sometimes do what they do personally just to wrap that up love Ginny and Georgia I think it was a great show would definitely be tuning in for season three I love how it talks about the relationship between a mother, a teen mother, and her daughter. It touches on the biracial struggle. It touches on just being a black girl in a neighborhood full of white people. It touches on the LGBT community. There's like representation of a lesbian, multiple lesbian relationships, and one specifically with one character who I feel like she's not the typical lesbian that's showed on TV. I really like her because this is Ginny's best friend if you guys watch the show. I really like her because she's like very girly. She's very much, there's other things to her character besides just the fact that she happens to be lesbian. And the story isn't focused on like a lot of struggle in terms of her sexual orientation. It's more focused on just regular like teen girl. I want this person to like me. I... Well, my friends like me, these are everyday normal struggles as opposed to like, she's trying to come out, she's not accepted by her family and the same tropes that we see all the time. Ultimately, Ginny and Georgia, I think it's a progressive show. It shines light to a lot of new issues or a lot of issues that's been around for a long time, but presenting it in a fresh way. However, the underage sex component, I don't know. That seems a little fishy to me. I think we can just, in my opinion, I think we can just raise the bar a little bit, have them start in college, and literally tell the same story. That's just my opinion. So let me know what you guys think by DMing me on Instagram. I would love to hear your thoughts. That wraps up the sound off section or segment. Thank you for staying and listening that whole time. And now we are going to get started with Casamigos Confessions. Woo! I know you guys love Casamigos Confessions from the last time. And last time, unfortunately, our first episode, we didn't have any Casamigos. We had something like tequila adjacent. It was like this little seltzer situation. Now, the reason for that is because we were in a studio and we weren't sure about the liquor, alcohol permission in the studio. Turns out they were already drinking by the time we got there. We, as in myself and LR, they were already drinking these like tequila waters by the time we got there. So it ended up working out. We had tequila water, not Casamigos Confessions for the Casamigos, not Casamigos for the Casamigos Confessions. But today we have Casamigos. We have Casamigos Blanco. And maybe we should stop saying Casamigos because. We don't get paid by them, so maybe it should be Casa Confessions. Yeah, we might have to switch it to Casa Confessions. But before we get started, we have someone joining us for Casa Confessions. Someone right to the right of me. Hi. Hi. Okay. A very special guest. Yeah. Her name is Amari. Now, Amari, can you tell the audience a little bit about yourself? Like, what borough are you from? What's your current job? What do you do for fun? Some fun facts. Let them get to know you. Okay. Um, so like Alana said, um, my name is Amari. 
Um, I'm from the Bronx. I rep the Bronx till I die. Yeah, so. the Bronx till she die. Yes. Bronx girls for real. Bronx mm-hmm. girl at heart. Period. Um, I right now I'm a community partnership manager at a company called Build On. So I manage three Shout regions. Shout out Build On. Okay. Yes. Um, I just started three months ago, so it's still pretty new, but I like it. I get paid to travel, so. That's always nice because you get to go places and it's on the company's dime. And I love anything not on my dime. Right. Um, what I like to do for fun. I'm really a party girl at heart. I like to go out. I see you on Instagram. I see you're always outside. <laughs> I love to be outside. You're always in a different state. Outside doesn't... I don't find outside. It finds me. Okay. That's what I always <laughs> say. Because um, it just so happens. I don't know. I'm just always outside. I don't like being inside. I like to go out. I'm really adventurous. I like to try new things. Um, I probably will not say no because I'm just like, this could be a once in a lifetime experience. And when am I ever going to be this young at this time ever again? It's never again. I agree. So you got to do it in this moment. I love that about you. Yeah. What, what, at what age did you start traveling? Like what really got you into traveling? Um, my mom has always like took me places, but like, where I could, like, really, really start remembering where it started getting fun. They took me to Mexico when I was 13. Okay. And that was my first time out the country. I had to, like, expedite my passport, like, the day before. They was like, yeah, you coming with us. And I was like, oh, yeah? Okay. And, like, we went out there, and we had a blast. Like, that was when I fell in love with Mexico. I was like, I need to come back when I'm older. Because I saw how much fun the adults had. Yeah. And I was like, damn, I'm only 13, but when I... It ain't legal. I mean, not illegal, <laughs> but I'm legal. Yeah. I can have a time here. So That's lit. I'm actually going to Cancun in May. So oh, you're going to love it. It's going to be my first time. So I'll keep you posted. As to, I need to ask you some questions about Mexico, actually, before I go. I got you. Um, which part did you go to in Mexico? Um, I've been to Los Cabos once, and I've been to Cancun three times. Oh, period. I need to ask you like a whole yeah, bunch of questions. I got you. Okay. Um, before we get started with Casamigos Confessions, do you have any opinions about my sound off? Like, I kind of went off on this show, Jenny and Georgia. Um, what are your thoughts about, specifically, what are your thoughts about, like, the underage sex scenes that we're seeing a lot in these shows? I completely agree with you, actually, because when you were talking about, so I've never seen Jenny and Georgia, mm-hmm. but I've seen Euphoria. Yes. And, like, as many sex scenes has come up, and they're supposed to be, like, sophomores in high yes. school. And... Like you said, like, it's not like it's not happening, but the way that a lot of these shows, like, glorify it That's and make it seem like, oh, my gosh, like, to be doing all these explicit things at, like, 14, 15 is, like, great, amazing. And it's, like, pushing it in kids' minds now, like, yeah, I should be doing this, too. And yeah. I feel like a lot of people now, because they see it on television, go out and then do these things. Like yeah. these kids are young. It's you like a sponge when you're younger. You it's just kind, wanna do it. It's kind of crazy. I haven't checked. I've actually haven't watched Euphoria yet, but I feel like I'm gonna fall in love with it when I do watch it. But are you? You were like a big Euphoria fan. I was. I watched it every <laughs> Sunday. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So just to put it out there, like we're not hating on these shows, but also we are both above eighteen. So that's yeah. the thing. And when I was younger, I was watching Hannah Montana. Wizards of Waverly Place. Same. That's a Raven. Same. <laughs> the old, like, the most explicit content I would watch is when I would stay up at night and watch Nick at Night. Yeah. And I would watch, like, Fresh Prince of Bel-Air. 
Disney in the nighttime, they would put like, they would put like Boy Meets World and then they went to college and there was like some spicy moments. But nothing too crazy. But not like what's happening nowadays. And I don't get it. Like, are these shows, is the target audience for these shows teenagers or is it adults? Because I'm enjoying it as an adult, but it's like, are 13, 14 year olds watching this too? I'm pretty sure my niece, who's like 14, has seen Ginny and Georgia. Like, yeah. she's seen these shows. She's not like oblivious to it. Right. So it's like the content is out there. It's not like kids that age can't see it yeah. and then go out and replicate it. Right. Because it's people that are, even though the actors are really 25, but they're like, quote unquote, their age on screen. So they're like, they're doing it and they're 14. Okay, time to go get my. Time to go get finger popped. Right. <laughs> like, it's like, oh, I can do it too. If they did it, I can do it too. Yeah. And, and you know what the difference is? Oh, another show that I didn't mention. I, oh, and this actor is actually in Ginny in Georgia, was Degrassi. So I grew up and I was obsessed with Degrassi. Now, Degrassi showed a lot of crazy things. However, Degrassi, in my opinion, I feel like Degrassi had a very, like, I don't know, like schoolish way of displaying these issues. Like at the end, it would always show like how it was a problem, how there was a negative. Yeah. Like they would always try to incorporate a lesson in there. Yeah, a hundred percent. And you could tell, like it's like, and this is where little Jimmy went wrong. <laughs> it was like that type of vibe. But yeah, I feel like the newer shows, like you said, they are like glorifying it, glamorizing it, and I don't know how I feel about that. Do you think it's like? the producers and the writers that need to change? Or do you think it's just like parents need to control what their kids watch? I mean, I feel like it's just hard for parents to really control what you, what, like what your kids watch. Like yeah. how many parental blocks can you put? Right. People have like kids have phones. Almost yeah. every kid has a smartphone. Almost every kid has a tablet. Yeah. How are you really going to be? And you're not with your kids 24 seven. Yeah. So how are you really stopping it from being portrayed? I mean, obviously, like when I was younger, I wasn't allowed to watch Degrassi. Yeah. I didn't watch Degrassi until I was like maybe like 16. Yeah. So your parents did a good job at shielding you from all that explicit content at a young age. Yeah, that is true. But like I said, I still snuck it in. It's yeah. like inevitable. They're still going to see it. But if we I really do think like like you, what you said about the writers and the producers, if we're just going to make a bunch of shows and push all that forward, there's really no stopping that. Yeah. They're going to see it. It's yeah. going to be out there. So it does have to change somewhere at the top. Yeah. The thing that bothers me the most about it is the point that I got to at the end of my sound off, which is like, these are a lot of times 30, 40 year old men, sometimes women writing these stories about like, and I feel like sometimes, especially with Ginny and Georgia, and I think Euphoria might have been like that too from what I hear about it, it's like excessive. Like, I think if you're going to include a sex scene here or there because maybe they've been together for a long time and, you know, they're finally going to do it. Okay, make it, like, towards the end of the season and that's, like, the high point. No, they're doing it, like, every other episode, just a sex scene there for no reason. And it's like, why? Like, why are you literally shoving this into people's face? And it's for no reason at some point. Like, just in between one scene to another. Like, it's time to have sex now. Like, Yeah. Euphoria is like that a lot. Um... I feel like a lot of people on TikTok talked about that, yeah. about just like the sheer nudity that like for I think like the first episode of season two, like 
they were having sex in the car yeah. on the way to the party and then like they went in the bathroom they mm-hmm. was having sex the guy was naked in the bathroom they walked yeah. in on someone like it's just everything everything is out it's hbo so it's not like right. they have to blur these things like it's not gonna do partial nudity they're doing full nudity that's just what weirds me out because it's like euphoria especially was on hbo so it's like are they expecting high schoolers to watch this or do you just want adults to watch it? and if you want and either way it's weird if you want grown adults to watch euphoria why are you focusing on high schoolers can't you tell that same story at literally 21 22 23 24 it's insane it really is insane and yeah like like i said they're supposed to be sophomores so there's like you're pushing the narrative that they're young and they're in a whole bunch of shit and you're having adult men and adult people watch these younger people in a sexual light and i'm just like i don't know that can't be good for our psyche y'all i don't know what it is and i like i said i'm not a prude and also i guess to give like devil's advocate kids and younger people like they do like to see like bad stuff i guess like edgy stuff yeah so you want like i couldn't you know your parents would try to cover your eyes during a sex scene and you would like try to <laughs> try to see it anyways <laughs> So maybe they're getting some of the data and some of the insights behind creating a script from that. Like what kids are like searching up and, you know, maybe they are searching up crazy things. But I don't I think because adults are creating these shows, like we have a responsibility to not feed into that. It's Mm -hmm. almost like exploiting like, I don't know, like the interests of kids and like the purity and their innocence is weird. It does. They've always said Hollywood is weird. Like Hollywood has a lot of pedophilia in the background right and it is overlooked all the time in in like tv shows and movies in a lot of like mainstream media it is very very overlooked very weird so yes um let us know what you think about that guys because i or if you guys anyone has the inside scoop of what's going on anyone's in a writer's room in one of these shows let us know please dm us because i'm trying to get to the bottom of this okay so now we've already introduced amari she's gave us our she gave us some of her thoughts on the sound off now we're gonna have some fun and we're gonna do casamigos confessions Woo! come on Ooh, okay. yes, i'm like actually really excited for this okay but today um I'm going to be the one doing the drinking. <laughs> so, um, if I'm going to ask Amari a series of mild to out-of-pocket questions, I have some Casamigos Blanco and a chaser to the left of me. And Amari has some water. You know, she's you know on a little cleanse, on a little detox right now. She's taking some time out from the game. But it's fine because I got her. And I hope she got me. Of course I got you. Because I'm going to ask you these questions, and I hope that you'll be honest. And you know who else will drink, too? LR is going to drink, too. I, I got work in the morning tomorrow, so <laughs> I'm not trying to get too drunk. But me and LR, our producer, if you guys watched episode one, you guys will know who LR is. So go back to episode one. Not now. After this episode, rewind to episode one so you can figure out who LR is. But LR and I will be splitting the shots for whatever Amari chooses not to answer. 
But yes, just to reiterate, Casamigos Confessions will be giving Amari a series of four to six mild to out-of-pocket questions. She will hopefully answer all of them, but the ones that she does not answer, we will take shots. Me and LR. Love the support, by the way. Yes. (laughs) We got you. We got you. So just to start off, don't don't be shy. Oh my gosh, she looks so nervous. Like I don't know. I am, but at the same time, I'm like, okay, I'm ready. I don't know how you could let loose. Like maybe you need to take, I don't know, take an extra sip of water. (laughs) Um, no, it's not too crazy. I'm gonna I'm gonna start off light. So for our first question in Casamigos Confessions, what is something you hate or don't like that you pretend you like? Um, jeez. I don't, I'm very honest about my feelings. And my, I really have a really hard time with facial expressions. If I don't like something, you will know. Like, okay. my face will give it away. Yeah. 100%. Um, so there's not really anything I really pretend. Like, I'm really an honest person. Like, I will straight up tell you, like, I don't like this. And I only feel like I'm like that because when I was younger, I used to be like, a people pleaser and just be like, yeah, of course, yeah. I like it, love it, ooh, and like <laughs> hate it behind the scenes. Um, I was like that with a lot of things, and now I'm like, I'm older now. Yeah, my opinion matters more than y'all's. So, but what about like maybe not like big things? Just to try to get an official answer out of you, maybe not like big things. But what about like, let's say if you're watching a TV show and then people are talking to you and you're like, uh huh, uh huh, uh huh, and giggle but you really hate that they're speaking or is that just me? No, it's not just you. I actually hate this when I go to the movies Okay. and I hate to call my friend out on this, but one of my friends, we go to the movies a couple of times and he's a talker. Yeah. He's like a, Oh shit. Oh my God. Did you just see that? And I'm like, I'm watching the same movie. It's also silent. Shut up. But do you tell him that? Yes. <laughs> no, you see. Okay. After. <laughs> when we leave the movie, I don't say it during the movie. I just, Mm-hmm. Okay. And just nod while we're in there, and when we leave, I'm like, I realize every time I hate coming to the movies with you <laughs> because you talk during the movie. Damn. And what did they say? He's like, Oh, I'm so sorry. <laughs> I feel like that was like really mean of me, but it drives me insane. And then during the movie, there's just nothing I can do, so I just nod my head like, Yeah, I saw that. Yeah. Like, yeah, no, because I'm literally watching the same movie as you. Right. You see, that's that's a great answer. And I, I feel like I relate to that too. My my answer to this would be when people are showing me like, and especially women tend to do this, women over 35 tend to do this, when they show you like a million TikToks, like in a row, like they're like, oh, look at this. Oh, oh look at gosh. this. Oh, look at this. Like we have the same access to TikTok. You, it, the first video was cute. The second video was cute. But why do you keep like I'm on my phone, I'm I'm watching Netflix, I'm doing my thing. Why do you keep on calling my attention to watch a TikTok video that I have access to as well? But do I say that? No, because I feel like I sound like a bitch. So I would just be like, oh right. my gosh, so funny. <laughs> but I'm, I guess you're so, so tight. annoyed. I guess so tight. Oh my gosh. Okay, so we both seem to relate on that. Wow, one down, one down. Hey, not bad, not bad. No one had to drink. Okay. Everything's all good. Next question. What's an insecurity that you have of any kind? It could be like physical, mental, emotional, personality, whatever, um, that you've been able to flip and turn into a positive. 
Okay. Um. So like a big thing for me was probably like my body. Mm-hmm. Um. I've always been like a fat kid. Like I was always a fat kid. Like Same. when I was younger, I was a fat kid. I was always made fun of. Um. A lot. And so that made me like really insecure. And my mom like also used to be like, "You big," and I used to be like, "Well, yeah, I'm big, but like." Ain't nothing I could do about that. Like, I was just big. Even if I tried to eat better or, like, lose weight, it didn't work. But a lot of that changed because I had my gastric bypass surgery. Okay. And, like, I know the viewers can't see me, but today, like, I have on, like, low-rise cargo pants and, like, a tiny crop top. Could never. Like, I have a... I would never in a million years think that I would be comfortable enough to leave my house like that. Like, I just got a stomach tattoo last week. That goes crazy to me because that just was never something that I could ever see me viewing my body in a positive light. Mm-hmm. So that's like probably like my biggest insecurity. Like out of everything that I've in my life, that has been like the biggest thing I've been insecure about. But now it's like a good thing. Like I'm not insecure about it anymore. Yeah, you you took life into your own hands and you did what you had to do. And we're going to get into that later. That's actually our main topic today. Not necessarily gastric bypass surgery but all types of surgeries and cosmetic enhancements and what people are doing nowadays and how we feel about it so i'm glad to hear that it seems like you had a good experience and you're enjoying your results okay that wasn't too bad you're doing great you're you're doing great okay next question recently a lot of celebrities have been unfollowing gunna because he allegedly took a plea deal um if your partner was a rat, would you stick be would you stick beside him? Oh. I don't think I could. You're a snitch. Oh. You're a it's snitch. Like that. I mean like you're a snitch. I, I like, but like they never snitched on you. But how do I know you're not going to snitch on me? <laughs> okay. And I just feel like you could turn on me. If you could turn on them or you could turn on people that you cared about and you was close to you could turn on me. And that makes me, like, distrusting of, like, a person. I don't think that I could do it. I don't think that if my partner snitched, I couldn't hold him down tenfold. <laughs> We'd yeah. have to reevaluate. They would have to go, damn. But, okay, do you, do you feel like you'll ask questions, like, why did you snitch? Why did you take the plea? Like, like, babe, you were supposed to do 10 years. You're home mighty soon. Like, <laughs> I would definitely ask. Also, just because, especially if my partner was somebody who was as public as Gunna, mm-hmm. and now everybody knows that's that the thing. you're a snitch. Yeah. And that you taking deals, and there's a lot of shady business going on behind closed doors. And I know that he's saying he didn't, but how else did you get out? Yeah. So it's like... I don't think that I, it, obviously I would have a ton of questions, but if I was to ever get into something and this was my partner, I want my partner to be like a ride or die. Yeah. So I don't need, I don't want to get down the line and my partner decides to switch up on me and now we throwing everything I did on the table. Like, yeah, cause she was doing <laughs> X, Y, and Z and now it looks bad. Now it's on me. So I don't think I could, I have to leave him. Yeah, I agree with what you said, especially with the point 
that gun is a celebrity and not even if your partner is a celebrity or just maybe it could be like a popular like well-known person now all that attention is on you because everybody right. knows what they did and they're gonna put that on you too now you guys are the rat couple like right. making a mini mouse <laughs> right definitely yeah so that's a, a no-go okay next question are you ready are you ready for me how are you feeling? How are you feeling? Are these I'm ready. These too are crazy? these are not too bad. These are not too bad. Not too bad. Okay, good. Okay, we're almost done. So in tomorrow two, Cardi B said something around the lines of "I fight for my bitches and I'm fighting over dick too." <laughs> um, share a time you fought or did something wild because of a man. <laughs> Oh, she's um, she's laughing. She got stories. She's I trying do. to she's trying to decide which one. <laughs> um, I would like to but preface. I'm a changed woman. Okay. <laughs> um. So my ex boyfriend, mm-hmm. um, who we were actually like damn they're engaged, mm. um, had cheated on me, and my with one of my like friends from school okay. like she let me know she was like a real one she was just wow. like um yeah your your man's trying to talk to me but he didn't know that i knew her okay. you know small world but i know a lot of people so okay. thank god um and i pulled up to his job and mm. i was like hey it's an emergency do you think you come outside for a second he worked overnights, so I was like, "Oh, this is already sounding crazy." I'm I, like, "Ain't nobody gonna be there." Like, he could step out for a second. Okay. And I was like, "Hey, I'm gonna come to your job." It was like ten minutes from my house, and I was like, "Hey, can you come outside really fast?" It's a like, it's a really really bad emergency, <laughs> and like he doesn't think anything is wrong, um, and he comes out. And I'm like, he's like, oh my gosh, like, what's wrong? What's the matter? And you had him stressed. I, I did. He was actually panicking. Yes. Um, he flew up the freaking escalator. I was like on the top floor, and okay. I watched him run up the escalator to me. Okay. Literally, and he's like, oh my gosh, what's wrong? And I just started going off. I said, you know what's wrong? Cause you're a liar. <gasps> I said you're a cheater, and you're a liar. And I started screaming in the middle of the parking lot. Like I just went off. and all he can do is look at me dumbfounded and then i went home and we lived together and i took everything and like destroyed it like the xbox destroyed the clothing destroyed everything destroyed wait so first off the parking lot this was his job parking lot yes so did other people see or hear there was actually two security guards and i was so scared that they were like gonna come and (laughs) say something yeah but in the like preface of New York, I love when people look the other way. Yeah. Because they look the other way. Right. They fully like got out the car, saw me screaming at him, and got back in the car. Yeah, I I would get back in the car too, especially when couples are arguing. You don't want to get in the middle of that. It's like, yeah. especially yeah, you. I'm sure you were going crazy. <laughs> I I was I was screaming my head off, and yeah. I was so scared. I was like, damn, if the police come, like they really gonna think like something's happening. So after I was like, all right, once I saw the security, I was kind of like, all right, let me wrap this up and get my little screams out and I'm going to go home. Let me end my performance. Yeah. And then I was like, all right, this is it. But you continued it at home. I did. I sure did continue it at home, but the police wasn't going to get me at home. So that was a good part. Okay. So back to the Xbox. Okay. What made you go for the Xbox? Um, it was sitting right in my dresser. Okay. I also like hated that Xbox because he was he always would, on it. Yeah, and he would <laughs> keep me up at night. 
sitting at the edge of my bed, like, playing this Xbox. What did he do to it? Not trying to give anyone ideas, but, like, what did he do? Oh, I took it downstairs, and I just threw it to the ground a bunch of times. I kicked it. I literally ripped it apart. Like, I went to town. Okay. What, what were other things you went for? Any other items? Um, The clothes all, like, ripped them out the closet. I was like, it's over. Yeah, we took them out the closet, ripped the stuff up threw it outside my friends were like i live next door to my best friends yeah so they were like you gotta calm down you gotta calm down and i'm oh, like so they were hearing no. you yeah <laughs> they came like my friend saw me out the window yeah and were like came running downstairs oh, oh my god yeah she was like oh no like what happened like what's going on and i'm like frantic crying like he cheated i'm done like mm-hmm. We're supposed to get married. Like, what do you mean? So, yeah, it was a whole spectacle. Oh, my gosh. Were there any other things besides the clothes and the Xbox that uh, you destroyed? No, I or didn't. Was there, like, a specific, like, clothing item that was, like, you knew, like, oh, I need to go for this because this is his favorite thing? No, I didn't. I I honestly bought most of those clothes. Oh, okay. So, so it's fine. You were just taking it back. Yeah. It's fine. All right. Well, <laughs> That's crazy. Like, oof, if there's any men listening, first of all, Amari is a snack. But so if you follow her on Instagram, you know, oh, plug your Instagram. Plug your Instagram. Yes, my Instagram is a darling. Yeah, you know, she a snack. But yeah, you know, not to mess with her because she will she will mess up your whole crib. She will mess up your Xbox. Like, say goodbye to it, your clothes. I'm a changed woman. Everything I'm not like that gone. no more. Okay. Do you feel like you learned your lesson or like, would you do that again? If someone got you mad enough? I, I don't feel like I can be that person again. That was actually like a year ago today. Oh, not even joking. Wow. It was like a year ago today. Um, and I just don't, I can't have it in my heart to be that angry at somebody anymore. Like, why Why not? Um, it is just, it's a lot of work to be mad. Facts. And I agree. it's a lot of work to harbor like hate mm-hmm. and anger like that in my heart. And mm-hmm. I'm such like for the people who do like really know me, I'm really a kind and loving person. Yeah. And that's just so out of character for me. Yeah. And that took me to a place that I've never wilded out like that before. So for me to get to that place, I never want to get back to that place. Yeah. So I kind of just instilled myself and like taught myself over this last year and like kind of healing from that don't like you don't have to be like that like if this situation get if somebody gets you that mad like it's not even worth it anymore i'm sure a lot of people listening relate to that because i feel like in relationships like you have your plan for how you're gonna be or you always think like oh i will react like this but then in the moment you just lose it especially when like emotions and feelings are involved so to have that self-control takes a lot of like growth and self-reflection and you just got to experience it you got to go through going crazy to be like i don't want to do that anymore yeah a hundred percent and trust me it's hard that self-control after is hella hard to teach that like to learn that and to like actually do it in practice is my hard yeah are you in a relationship now by the way i'm not oh like okay situation all right so dms are open Technically, <laughs> okay. yeah, so he asks me to be his girlfriend then. All right, good to know. Guys, you have approximately, I don't know, you probably got like a 30-day window to try to try to see if you could get Amari, but um, yeah, just know that she's new and improved. This is like, this is the best version of it her is. right now. It really so, is. Love to see it. 
Now, <laughs> next question. We're almost done with Casamigos Confessions, I promise. Um, in an episode of Carisha Please, Young Miami says she likes golden showers. What's your kink in the bedroom? Um, I will say I like it really rough. Oh, like <laughs> okay. I need to. I need a drink. <laughs> um, I yeah, I really like it rough. I mean, not like I'm about to die, but like I know, like people like getting hit, like in the face and stuff. Oh. I don't like being hit in the face. I don't okay. think that that is, that goes a little too far for me, but like. You know, a little, uh, uh, actually, I don't want to say a little, but like, I do like to be choked. Oh. Um, and manhandled and picked up. Um, so yeah, that's like a real good time. Okay. Choke to what point though? That's a good question. <laughs> like, do you want to pass out a little bit? Do you want to like see stars? Um, seeing stars, honestly, is not bad. Wait, what? <laughs> <laughs> One time I did pass out. <gasps> And, uh, yeah, it was a little wild, but I came to, like, two minutes after. Like, I was okay. Like, it was, like, a quick, like... Did he know you passed he out? He didn't know I passed out. Why and he, was like, he so freaked angry? out. <laughs> he wasn't. But so I think, like, it was definitely, like, a drunk night, and okay. I was definitely lit. And if I want to be choked harder, I will push their hands on my throat a little oh, harder. Okay. And I think I may have pushed the hand too far, and I just... But I was good after that. But he was like, I'm not choking you for the rest of the night. Like, you just passed out. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> so you were, you were sad after? Um, you weren't a little bit, yeah. <laughs> I was like, oh, darn. What do you think it is about the choking, though? You think it's like you want to feel controlled? Like, you just want to feel, I don't know, very submissive? Yeah, I will say, like, in almost every other aspect of my life, I'm a very, like, dominant, independent woman. Okay. But in the bedroom, I'm extremely submissive. Like, I want my man to take charge. I see that you like them to choke you till you pass out, <laughs> damn near. Okay. All right. I respect it. No kink shimming. No kink shaming. Thank you. So, last question. Okay. Ooh, we've made it. Wow, you've really we've made, made it, it so end. far. I'm so happy you're a trooper. We should, I don't know, we should give you like a, a medal or something. <laughs> last question. This one's actually, this one's actually more like, I feel like a, like a, I guess like philosophical or something. So okay. <laughs> Summer Walker asked this in a chicken shop date interview. So she asked if you're about to get into a car crash and you had the option of choosing a kid or an elderly person, who would you crash into? Now, if you choose the wrong answer, you're going to sound crazy and I'm oh, reporting gosh. you. <laughs> um, You see... I love old people, oh. so I don't think that I can crash into an old person. Like, if you crash into an old person, they're fragile. They're going to die. Yeah, but haven't they lived enough? But old people <laughs> are so cute. What? I love old people. I would choose the kid. Wait, what? So you would crash the kid? <laughs> I'm 100%. Damn, she's like, fuck these kids. The kid will recover. They what? got their whole life. <laughs> you crash into the old person, they're done right there. Damn, you're right. That wouldn't have been my answer though. Really? I would have crashed into the I would have crashed into the elderly person because I feel like the elderly person will be like, save the kid. Fuck them kids. <laughs> Fuck them kids. Like they only got like the elderly people are only got like ten more years to live. Oh my god. What the fuck? Like, we really gotta do we wanna save 
90 years or 10 years? I think because I'm a grandpa's girl. Okay. Yeah. I'm saving the elderly person. All right. I respect it. You know, I'm not going to judge you. And I do love my grandparents too. So, all right. I feel you. At least I know that there's decent people in the world out there. But don't don't leave your kids around Amari. She said, fuck them kids. Okay. (laughs) Okay. Now we've made it to our star topic of today's podcast and we're calling it democratizing pretty and really i just want to talk about this rise in bbls and cosmetic enhancements and even some that are medically a medical necessity or some that aren't like you mentioned before the gastric bypass so i just want to talk about first off i guess we can start off with your experiences with cosmetic any type of enhancements or the gastric bypass and do you feel like there's been more benefits or negatives when it comes to these enhancements for you um for me this was probably like the best decision i could have made in my life okay um i want to say like cosmetically and then also like health wise because my health wasn't the best due to my weight okay and so they were like when honestly when i even went to the um clinic to like ask about how can i like lose weight i didn't go there with the intention to get surgery okay i went there with the intention to get a dietitian and a nutritionist who could help me eat better um and when i got there they were just like yeah like you're like i was close to um 350 pounds okay at 21 yeah like that's insane or actually at 20 um so they were like we like after doing health screenings and different things like that they were just like yeah we think like the best option for you would be to get this surgery just because we want you to live mm-hmm. like and that was a major thing um for it at first i never thought oh my gosh i want this surgery like because I'm going to be skinny yeah. or, um, you know, like I'm going to have like the, a great body. It kind of just came with it after the fact, like that was like a plus to it. Um, which is like the biggest positive, like I could have been, I've gotten out of it was just like, I'm so much more comfortable with my body now, Yeah. but it more so was like for health reasons, like so that I could be okay. And like, I could walk a block and not want to die. Like walking yeah. a block when I was 20 was so hard yeah. like i couldn't even i was like out of breath walking on the block like this is things like a normal 20 year old should be able to do mm-hmm. and i couldn't do that so okay so that leads me to the question like what are some you listed walking down the block what are some other benefits that you've seen in your life since having the gastric bypass surgery um just my confidence is like through the roof now mm-hmm. um i'm so comfortable like it just to walk into a space and not feel like you're an elephant in the room. Yeah. And not just because of like size, but just like, I just always felt like I stuck out mm-hmm. and I was really, really self-conscious. I didn't really like to go places because I didn't really want people to look at me. Um, and it wasn't like I, ha- I was like, I hated myself like a lot when I was big, but there was moments where like, I would get real down on myself. Like, I will not leave my house. I don't mm. want nobody to see me. I'm disgusting. Like, I used to be like, I'm a bowling ball. Like, yeah. 
how can you as a person compare yourself to a bowling ball like my friends used to be like you're crazy don't say that um so like that's like really big like just my confidence in general um i've also had so many people like i don't want to say like be attracted to me like not men but like even just like regular people in, in a platonic way um just because my vibe is different now yeah. than what it was before and like even my people who are really close to me have noticed that change like but in a good way yeah you know okay so it seems like it was a physical change but more so like a mental and emotional change yeah 100 percent. now you were talking about attraction my question is do you feel like the men that were attracted to you before before your surgery are attracted to you now or do you feel like you're attracting a different audience like what are the differences in the people you were attracting before the surgery and now um i don't really feel like there's a difference um i still kind of attract the people who knew me when i was big like Mm -hmm. guys that i used to talk to because like some people still follow me on instagram um guys that knew me when i was big after i lost weight were more attracted to me like which was annoying because i'm just like you know okay now you're switching up yeah but they also did like me when i was big so it was like it wasn't like you didn't but it's like they just started going harder when you more yeah why are you going harder now okay i wasn't going this hard before and um yeah like just a lot of more people a lot of people would come out the woodworks yeah i've actually had people in my DMs on Instagram, I don't know these people, mm-hmm. but they follow me and like, you know, you go on the little request. Yeah. I've had people in my DMs tell me I looked better big. Oh. And that I shouldn't have lost the weight. Oh. And I was like, oh. So yeah, because I know there's like a, and I've always been looking for these people because I'm on the thicker side too. I've always been looking for like the chubby chasers or whatever, but they don't come to me. Like, so do you feel like you've upset like the chubby chaser community? <laughs> um, a little bit, yeah. I've gotten like some crazy messages. But I feel like I want these men to come to me. You know, chubby chasers, it sounds lit to be with a chubby chaser because they'll probably just be like, Oh, you're fine the way you are, like come on, suffocate me with your thighs or something. I don't know why that does not turn me on. That makes me want to like cringe. If it's a little weird if they're like obsessing over it, like they're trying to feed me or something like that, but you know, to just be like accepted, you know, to to be in a relationship and have someone be like, oh, I like you for all of you. Not like mm-hmm. I like you, but you're a little bit big or something like that. I think that would be refreshing. Yeah, I honestly feel like that's where I'm at now. Yeah. Um, I was still kind of like insecure about my body earlier mm-hmm. this year. Um, I did like reach my goal weight recently. What? Um, yeah. Congrats. Thank I'm you. so excited. Thank I'm going to take I'm not going to take a shot of Casamigos cuz I do got work in the morning, but I'm going to take a a little a little sippity sip. <laughs> <laughs> um yeah, so I reached my goal weight recently. Um like honestly in like December. Okay. So How long did it take you from the surgery to reach your goal weight? It's about to be 2 years in February. Okay. February 8th. So even 2 started. years after the surgery you're still seeing like results and you you yeah. then the pounds been shedding. Yeah. That's like, amazing. Crazy. Um, and so earlier this year, when I kind of started talking to the person I'm in a situation with right now, um, he just like did not care Mm -hmm. at all. And he's like, like, I would kind of hide my body. And he was like, what are you doing that for? Like, why, why would you do that? And I'm just like, 
because like I'm doesn't that feel little... so good though to be accepted it and does. like loved like that That's it does a hundred percent he's made me feel very very comfortable in the mm-hmm. skin that i'm in um like never once ever made a comment about my body mm-hmm. and i think that's where um i i what i love so much is i prefer men not to comment about my body okay like like just not even not even, positive things nope. not negative okay i'd rather you not say anything I, like if you're gonna tell me i look good like i'd rather you just tell me you look good okay like i want you to be like damn your body is looking yeah. like i don't know or like whatever and he never once did that never yeah. commented on my body and then if i was having like insecurities or like second thoughts about what i was looking like of course he would reassure me like you're okay like what are you talking about Mm -hmm. but i think like that security of him just never commenting on it but always like still praising me and telling me like i look beautiful and things like that like it kind of like made up for it like it made me feel really good that's really sweet and i hope that more girls get that i i still haven't felt like i've had a relationship that's made me feel like seen and like so like just like that beautiful butterfly feeling that people talk about but that's amazing that you've been able to experience that and i wish all the girlies out there can get that now i do want to hear a little bit about like your sex life has it changed since the surgery has it gotten better um I will say yes. Um, when I first got my surgery, I was like, don't touch me. Ooh. Like, I was very, I didn't want to be touched. Um, my body was going through a ton of changes. Yeah. Um, I also had, like, weird dips in my stomach um, from where, like, they removed the mm-hmm. pieces of my stomach. So, I just felt really ugly. Mm-hmm. Like, I didn't want to be touched for months. Okay. And... So it took a toll on me, but then once I started getting comfortable with my body, it got a little bit better. And then after leaving that toxic relationship, I definitely was like, yeah, why I need to get back in this scene? Like, yeah. why would I be so nervous? Um, and then it just got like really good. And then, um, yeah, I just got comfortable being naked. Yeah. Like I used to hate being naked. I used to hate being like not in high-waisted pants and a shirt like yeah or i would just wear a sh- like a big shirt to bed and like now i like i don't i don't mind being naked i don't mind being a bra panties like yes. especially around a guy like i don't mind be naked yes titties out ass out we love it mm-hmm. <laughs> okay so bringing it back to what you mentioned a little bit earlier it seems like after the surgery there was like some negative results immediately from just like the your body changing Mm -hmm. so like did that ever make you feel like you made the wrong decision was there any hesitation afterwards um there definitely was a little bit of hesitation um one like i said like the dips in my stomach threw me off a Mm -hmm. lot because i had them for a couple months um and then i also was getting like kind of negative backlash from my partner at the time who was like you made the wrong decision. I also was like in a lot of pain. I couldn't really walk by myself anywhere. I had to walk with a cane, um, probably for like two months. Wow. And like that's kind of awkward. I couldn't really sit up. I used to have to have help, and it just like I I felt like I had to have somebody take care of me. Mm-hmm. And like I said, I'm like really independent, so it was weird for somebody to have to come and take care of me and do all these things for me, and help me like fix my bandages and like. I was on pain medicine and he's like, oh, but 
you could get addicted. It was like a whole thing. So like I got a lot of negative. He was just commenting on the negative. Yeah. And then like mentally, just the way I was looking when everything was happening Mm -hmm. was negative on me mentally. Like things didn't start smoothing out and looking correct until like six months. Wow. You see, that's the thing about surgery. So it's like people like to tell girls or men or whoever that gets surgeries that it's like a quick fix. But it's like usually there's like a healing process and like a journey that happens afterwards that it's not it's not as quick. Maybe it's a little quicker than the gym or doing it another way, but it's still a long, strenuous process. And it has like other side effects that you wouldn't get from doing it naturally. So it's like, I guess, quote unquote, a quick fix. But there's also like other risk and other things to consider and just other factors in general. So I would say. Don't think it's like a quick like two weeks off work or like a quick like night and day bow. Now yeah, you're now not, you're perfect. Yeah, it's not at all. It's like and so many people, especially with gastric bypass, they're yeah. like, you're cheating. You took the easy way out. Well, nothing about this is easy. Yes. Like it is so hard. You have to relearn how to eat. You have to mm-hmm. relearn like getting like up walking, bending down. Mm-hmm. That is not a quick fix. That is yeah. not like an overnight thing. Yeah. Okay. So I actually got a surgery too. I got a breast reduction. Like I think it was two years ago. Wow. How was that? Yeah. It was, um, now maybe that was like the quick fix. (laughs) That was, (laughs) it was a very easy process for a surgery. Like not as difficult as I expected it. Um, I did, I did a breast reduction, so they, they didn't have to like remove the nipple or anything, but they did uh, move the placement of it Mm -hmm. and they like cut out, um, some skin and some fat and basically stitched it back up just because I was a triple D in my breast size and I didn't, um, they were bothering my back. I didn't like the way it just made me look too I felt like it made me look matronly Mm -hmm. I just wasn't feeling it I wasn't feeling having to wear two three bras to the gym it just felt like always something that was in the way Mm -hmm. so I found out that insurance could cover it and I was like okay okay and yeah I went and got my breast reduction and it was cool I mean the recovery so I would say the not being able to lift heavy things probably lasted like about two months, but it wasn't more so like I physically couldn't. Like I probably could have because I feel like I'm a strong girl, mm-hmm. but it's like you're just going to pop a stitch and end up mm-hmm. having to go to the hospital or something like that. So for two months, it's kind of like you can't really move the way you used to. Right. But for me, it was a, it ended up working for me, fortunately, because I work from home. So it's not too much physical, manual moving around that I have to do. I don't drive anyway. So that's the thing. If people like really drive, they I think they recommend that you don't drive for like at least two weeks after any type of like breast surgery. Mm. So but I don't drive. So that's not a problem for me. I don't have like any babies or anything. So I feel like I was like the prime candidate. I was just in a perfect position to just recover quickly and had the support I I needed. Like I said, I was just mainly at home. Um, my mom did take like maybe two or three days off, which is really all I needed, and it worked out. Wow, that's actually crazy. So when I was bigger, I actually wanted a breast reduction. Yeah. I was a triple E. Oh. It was, yeah, it was really bad. But yeah, then I, I was lost complaining. I was complaining about a triple D. <laughs> yeah, it was a triple E. They were huge, yeah. and I always wanted a breast reduction, but then when I lost the weight, no, I'm like a C cup. It worked out. Okay, yeah. cool. Yeah, I'm like a C cup too. I feel like C is the best. Like, 
A C cup is the best. It is. I, love I a C agree. Cup. Um, yeah, not that there's anything wrong with the triple D. It's just more, and I actually, the thing is for me, like, I love, like, I love, like, the shape of women. So I love, like, big titties, big ass, all that. But it's just, like, you have to be comfortable in your skin. And I just started feeling uncomfortable. Right. And, you know, sometimes you may like a look on somebody else, but you may not, like, on yourself. <laughs> like it on yourself. And that's fair, too. Okay. So more on surgery. Let's talk about these BBLs that are this BBL epidemic that's happening and taking over the streets of Washington Heights, the Bronx, Dykeman, the whole world, all of Miami. Let's mm-hmm. let's get into it. How, how do you feel about this epidemic? When do you feel like you first started noticing like BBLs? And did you do you like them? Was there ever a point where you got concerned? Um, OK, so I feel like BBLs started becoming a thing maybe when I was in high school. I used okay. to be like I had a lot of girlfriends in high school. I never really had like guy friends like that. Yeah. And I like to this day remember one of my good friends in high school saying like we were in probably like 10th grade, 9th grade and she's like I'm going to get a BBL. Okay. She got 3 rounds of BBL. 3 rounds? Yes. She's when did gotten she 3 start? rounds. Um I think I want to say in, like during COVID. Okay. Or like a little bit before COVID. She got her first round. But it's only been, it's only been, it's, we're on our, what, third year after COVID? Mm-hmm. Two years and a half. So she's gotten three rounds yeah. of BBL surgery. Now, why the multiple rounds? Um, I think she just, she didn't like it the first okay. time. I thought it looked great the first time. Okay. I was like, oh my God, amazing, great, love it. And then, like, I remember her posting saying that she was going to go back and get like a second round because she wanted it bigger okay. and then she got a little bigger but I think it was like lopsided so she went again and like I it just and I feel like that's where you start like where that's where it all happens like you go once and then you want to go again it becomes an addiction a BBL addiction yeah okay but she wanted this since high school so what do you think not just about your friend but what do you think is inspiring this idea in young girls I feel like because you see so many people like like influencers a lot Mm -hmm. of influencers have bbls yeah and a lot of the quote-unquote pretty girls that they push on like the shade room Mm -hmm. in clubs that bottle girls strippers Mm -hmm. um and a lot of this you see like on tiktok on instagram on twitter you like other people are seeing this and they're like damn i want a body like that and you see some i mean it's so sad because a lot of people do like do it because they're just like oh yeah like i want to look sexy yeah but you want to look sexy for who right you want to look sexy for you or you're trying to look sexy for the men yeah and i've just seen like a lot of people alter their body for not them so did your friend was your friend dissatisfied with her body before she got the bbl yeah oh okay so this was something she was speaking about already yeah like that was her she said that since high school she was like i don't really like my body like and she had a great body. Yeah. Like, I think that she looked gorgeous, but she didn't feel like that. So she was like, I want a BBL. Like, I want a bigger butt. Mm-hmm. Like, and it's sad because it's like the people you see on TV, like, they got big ass. They got mm-hmm. big titties. So it's like, okay, then I want that too. Yeah. Because I want to look good like they look good. So I want to look good like that too. And I feel like that, it kind of played a big role. Okay. Now, when does it end? Like, do people actually see 
results after these surgeries like after the pbr it results in terms of like social results or like money did did her coins get up there um honestly i don't know okay i mean i know she has money fucking you pay for a bbl babe right so you got some sort of money okay um but i couldn't really tell you i know that she gained more of a following Wow. On social on media. Instagram. Yeah. On Instagram and on TikTok. And now, and you know, people, if you're a smart girl, you could convert that to money. Exactly. Okay. So there's something there. That's what I'm saying. That's what I was talking about. So when I came up with the title of this segment, I called it Democratizing Pretty. And I'm like, what if in this crazy world, more people having access to surgery is in a way making pretty more accessible like we can just buy pretty now Mm -hmm. and i think that's what's happening like you know you turn 18 19 20 you're like okay now i can have the boobs i was wanted let me just you can use care credit you could finance your surgeries now like there's so many ways to get surgeries from cheap for cheap you could go to different countries i don't recommend our listeners to go to different countries and get surgeries but People do that and, you know, for the low, for $5,000, mm-hmm. $6,000, $7,000, you come back with a new nose, a new face, new lips, whole bot, whole different personality. And you might just see a difference in your followers the next day. Yeah. But it's like, is it worth it though? Is it worth it? Because like you said, this is like a never ending journey now. Because once you start the surgeries, you start the clock. So 100%. I think that's something to consider just for people that are pursuing that route of surgeries. Now, not judging you girls, both of us, you got a gastric bypass, I got a breast reduction, you know, and I feel like we could talk about this later. I feel like I would get another one if I wanted to. But I do think it's a little scary sometimes when I hear these like young girls and the the way they think about it. I don't feel like it's a well-researched, well-thought-out decision. Um, I will say I did a lot of research before my surgery, and if I were to do another one, I would do a lot of research as well. I think people are just like, where's this IG model going to? Like, what's popping now? Goals? I don't know. I think I heard, there was this place on Instagram, the surgery center that was, like, really being promoted on Instagram, like, goals or, like, Doctor oh, yeah. Miami. Like, they just go to, like, the popular one, mm-hmm. and they're like, yep, going there. You don't even check if they're, like, board certified, like, what school this doctor went to, like... Who's going to be doing your surgery? Who's going to be doing the... Like, there's so many questions to ask. When I was planning for my um, breast reduction, like, I realized that there were so many factors of things that I needed to look into and so many things to consider beforehand. I'm like, how are girls just deciding this one week and then going and doing it the next? That means they're not fully looking into it the way they should. Not at all. I feel like that's um, why a lot of people wind up, like, getting botched or, like, their Mm -hmm. jobs look bad. Um, and the best thing that could happen to them is getting botched. Some people die. Some people don't yeah. come back. Yeah. A lot of these surgeries are like life-threatening. Very deadly. BBL, I, I hear, according to the socials, it's like the deadliest surgery. Yeah, it is. Yeah. I've heard um, the two doctors that are that run botched on E yeah. um, have talked about how like this BBL epidemic, like people don't really know what they're getting mm-hmm. into. Because people really do die. Like, yeah. it's not, like, it's. I feel like it's not pushed to the media enough that mm-hmm. people do die from these surgeries. But, like, it happens. Yeah. Especially if you go out of country. You yes. don't know what they're putting in your body. You're knocked out on a table. Yeah, they don't have, and the thing is, other countries could have great doctors as well. So I'm not saying that. 
I'm just saying that the standards in other countries for cleanliness or just whatever standards they have, it it's not going to be the same as in the U.S. So whatever research you're going to do, you have to be extra diligent if you're going to seek out surgery in another country because you just have to make sure everything is correct. Like the courses they go through, the their, their um, standards for what's sanitary, what's not, it's different. So just make sure that everything is up to your standards and everything is well researched. And yeah, because some people just go by word of mouth. And I think word of mouth is okay, but you also have to like actually look into this person who's going to who you're gonna put your life in their hands right crazy (laughs) craziness but not to scare you guys like i'm not trying to scare you guys i honestly i i I love some of the bbls what's your favorite like bbl baddie Mm, jeez i really think carisha has a really nice bbl oh she has a beautiful body like i think her bbl is top tier i can't lie a lot of people do not like ari's bbl but her shit is like water like Mm. (laughs) she shakes her ass and i feel like i'm no better than a man like oh yeah i just want to stare at it like it looks so good yeah you see i i love it too and you can see by her followers and by everything and also you could tell it does something to their confidence too to just be like that bitch like when they walk in the room like some people you know i think the bbl baddies quote unquote the bbl brigade like they know they're a part of that gang and they want to be a part of that it's like an elite club Right. Now yeah. it's becoming less and less elite, but... <laughs> right, because everybody could get a BBL Right, because everyone could get it. So now it's just more so it's a choice. It's, it's what you want to do. Like, that's the thing. Like, when people come for your body and shit, like, you think I can't finance a BBL right now? Like, I could finance a BBL if I want to. Right. I could change this right now. <laughs> I could change if I want to. I'm just choosing not to because I prefer not to, and that's fine. And I'll respect the people that do. So... Yeah, um, I also would really like to know in terms of do you have any, because you went through a surgery, do you have any like tips or recommendations for people that are pursuing surgery? Like what are some things they should consider beforehand? Um, like how do you make sure that everything is set up so you can have the best process ever? If this is a route you guys, um, you guys as in the listener, the listeners are choosing to go on. Okay, so honestly, I feel like if you're pursuing, and this is with any type of surgery, yeah, like one, like you said, research, look at your doctor, you know, look at who you're going to go to. Like you said, like you're putting your life in their hands mm-hmm. and you really want to make sure you're going to someone that you can trust and not like someone that's going to chop you up like you're in the chop shop. Like, and that's for any procedure. Um, And then another thing is kind of just, mentally and then like also environmentally preparing yourself to have a surgery so like i made sure everything at home was gonna be like most accessible for me like we changed things around like i made sure my bed was easily accessible i had a cane next to my bed i had a grabber so i could get things Mm because i couldn't bend down um or just having like my friends and family kind of check in on me like i said i couldn't like lift or anything i couldn't bend down it was hard to like get my bandages off um so you just want to make sure that you environmentally set yourself up for success Mm -hmm. um if you're not like not gonna prep your house prep your room 
or especially if you know that you don't have a lot of people in your life who can support you, mm-hmm. you want to make sure that you set yourself up for the best success after surgery. And if that means going out and getting like certain necessities, like I've seen TikTok girlies show like their care kits that they make for themselves if they're going to get a BBL. And oh, they're like cute. show all the things that they may need. Um, Cause some of these girls like they live alone. They don't have anybody. They, yeah. It's just them, and like they're okay with that. But they just wanted to get their little BBL and you know show yeah. out. And I'm all for it. And they just prepared themselves. They just made sure like they had their fajas, their boards. Mm-hmm. They they got like hoses in their shower to make sure that they can like clean themselves properly if they didn't have like the right um, necessities. Like and I've seen people show this and put it out on the internet so that other people who might be getting ready for a surgery can like replicate that at home okay so yeah there's resources out for you guys but just be smart about it if you're going that's the main point of everything if you're going to pursue any of these story any of these surgeries the ones that we mentioned or a bbl or anything get like be smart don't just try to do it in a day like i feel like everything is so microwave and people want to people want to be a bad bitch tomorrow and it's like you can get there just take your time and be smart about it because you want to you know you want to be alive and healthy and you want to be able to enjoy the results of the surgery you did 100 percent. i could you not i sat on vsg tiktok for like two months yeah before my surgery (laughs) and i would just look at everyone's process and like kind of just learn yeah like learn from others hear from others it's always good to not even if you don't know anyone the internet knows someone Mm -hmm. so just hearing other people's stories and like um what they went through like especially if you're gonna go through it if you have it booked or if you're thinking about it it's always nice to hear someone else's experience too yeah yeah I agree. Some tips that I learned when it came to when I was preparing for my surgery, um, they do, you can actually ask the surgery center or the surgeon if they have a list of like, I guess like people on call who, they, they usually have a list of people that have done surgeries with them in the past who are willing to speak to other people who are searching for surgery. Actually, so you, never knew that. Yeah, so you can ask for, like, if they have a list of other people that have done the surgery so they can speak to, so you can speak to and talk to them about it. So that's a tip that I learned. Also, making sure to speak to your surgeon before the surgery. Um, I know sometimes there's centers that have a way around it like they'll just have you speaking to the nurse or the PA or whatever you can speak to the nurse you can speak to the PA but at definitely have that one-on-one with your surgeon like if you're someone like me who like moves off of their gut and your emotions like you need to speak to that surgeon right. go I like look them in their eye and like actually get a vibe of who they are I would say those are my main tips. Yeah, and if you know people who have done the surgeries, join Facebook groups, like ask all the questions, um, be stocked up. So I ordered everything I needed on Amazon. Like before my surgery, I had like a whole list. Some of these centers have like, um, they actually had the place that I went to, they had a like an Amazon kind of uh, shopping list. Mm-hmm. So I just got all the things I needed off of there. Um, yeah, so a lot of, tips and information out there definitely look oh um see if your surgeon is board certified that's very important um you can you can they actually okay so another tip that i saw that i didn't know about this i think i probably saw it on a tiktok or something that it may also be a good um a good question to ask to see if your surgeon 
has hospital permissions to perform the surgery. So sometimes people do surgeries in like a surgery center. So I personally, um, I did it through a surgery center and then I went, um, it wasn't connected to a hospital. Um, but it's important to know if your doctor or your surgeon has hospital permissions because you want to know that they are like, that the hospital has said that this doctor is eligible to do surgeries here. And that's like another standard to consider as to the safety of that person. So yeah, just a little little tip, you know, DM us if you have any other questions. Um, And I'll be happy to give you any information about my personal surgery or just help you on your journey and on your search. Now, another question that I have is, are there any surgeries that you'll consider in the future or that you feel like you might that you see online and you're like, oh, that looks kind of cute. I might want to do it. Or it doesn't even have to be surgery. So it could be injectables. Fillers are very popular nowadays. Botox. Any, like, cosmetic enhancements that you have your eye on? Um, I can't lie. Uh, I think now, it doesn't, like, super bother me, but my arms used to be really big. Okay. And losing the weight. Thankfully, I haven't had, like, loose skin, like, really over my body. But my arms are like wings. Like, it's just all skin. Mm -hmm. It's all skin now. And I can't lie. I have thought about, like, asking them. Because now I'm, like, at the two-year mark about to be. And I think it's, like, a year and a half before you can, like, say you want surgery. Mm -hmm. um, Where, like, insurance will waiver and you don't have to pay out of pocket. Um. Your insurance would cover the skin removal? Yeah. Okay. So if I had skin on my stomach, they would cover, like, my tummy tuck. Okay. Um, if I had any skin on my legs, they would, like, cover that. Um, my arm, my arms are really, like, the only thing I would want them to get rid of the skin. Okay. But it's something about not being able to move my arms that oh. is terrifying me. What do you mean? Like, you won't be able to move them, like, at all? Or... Um, so essentially they would be cutting off like all of the skin that is like underneath my upper arm okay so i really wouldn't have a good range of motion for i think the healing is like i mean like good like okay movement in like two three weeks okay um so i would really need someone to help me yeah um and i would figure that it would kind of be hard to like sit i mean I i work from home as well but like to sit in type with my arms propped up, Got I'm pretty it. sure that would be, like, super uncomfortable. Yeah. You would probably have to take some days off. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, when I did the breast surgery, that's why I was, like, like how much of arm motion? Because when I did the breast surgery, I think they encouraged you to not... Like, I wasn't supposed to lift my arms above my head. Because mm-hmm. then I could, like, pop a stitch. But I was still able to move them. But that makes sense. If you're cutting off the skin, you probably have less range of motion um yeah and that'll, that'll be weird to and type tightening with. the skin so they <laughs> yes. have to like cut it off and tighten the skin under my arms yeah so my arms would kind of be a little tight for yeah. like two three weeks but i feel like you already did the hardest part you did the gastric bypass you know yeah that was the hardest part. i think if this is something you're interested in i i think you'll you'll be a trooper because you already went through like the hardest thing yeah and i'm not like opposed mm-hmm. to surgeries and i've considered it i really have because i'm like this would make me feel like two million times better. Yeah. Like not having wings <laughs> under my arms would make me feel so much better. Yeah. I, for me, 
I think if I were in the future, if I were to ever get pregnant, I feel like I'm like 90% sure, 95% sure that I would get some type of mommy makeover afterwards. Mm, but the mommy makeovers be eaten. I can't lie. Because <laughs> I don't know if I would... I don't trust my genetics to snap back like that. I'm sorry, mom, dad. I don't trust neither of them genes to snap back, to be honest. I, I really don't. I, I like, agree. My mom actually wants a mommy makeover. And I'm her oh. only kid. And she wants a mommy makeover. <laughs> she had you how many years ago? 23. <laughs> Girl, she should. I mean, she could still get it. But yeah. I don't think it'll be considered a mommy makeover. It's just a makeover. Oh, yeah. You had your kid mad long ago. The way she. I guess because she says she contributes the way like her body looks to me. Like okay. her body completely changed after you know she had me. Maybe that is the mommy make. That's true because sometimes women get like a like their abdomen. Is that did I say that right? Mm-hmm. Their abdomen kind of gets stretched out, and then they have like loose skin and stuff because of their pregnancy belly. So yeah. I get that, but yeah, I'm saying all that stuff. Like I'm sorry, I can't go through nine months of that, then raise the kid and all that, and then just feel uncomfortable with my body after. Now, hopefully. Yeah, I don't know, like, knock on wood, maybe I would just naturally snap back and I won't have to go through that. But, yeah, if if I feel like my baby really, like, messed me up, I'm sorry. I'm going I'm to have to go get this surgery real quick, okay? okay I baby? don't blame you. <laughs> I don't blame you. Yeah. And it would be nice if, like, my man could pay for it, like, my husband could pay for it. That would be, like, my little present. Your push present. <laughs> my push present. But I won't be able to enjoy it probably till like, two years after, I'm sure. What are you talking about? A lot of these celebrities, they Cardi well, B celebrities, got her body done like celebrities right after. are different because you know they have to be on camera all the time. So that I feel like true. they would literally like I don't know they'd be telling doctors to like bypass rules so they could get their <laughs> surgery. They'd be like, "Give my surgery now!" Like they'd be needing that surgery. But I don't know. Like that must be really hard too. Like to have like an infant and then to have surgery. But you know, also now that I'm thinking about it, it might just be better to do it like right away. Because you're already like beat up right. from you just it's gave birth. Double recovery. Might it's as well just, just do it right at there. the same time. Exactly. Mm. Okay. Notes for the future. Book my mommy makeover <laughs> exactly a week after right. I give birth. Okay. Now, what do you what do you think about like people commenting? So we kind of did it a little bit, but I I really want to stay on like the positive when it comes to what women do with their bodies. How do you feel about like people commenting on people's surgeries and stuff? Because I feel like I've seen it on Twitter where people will literally quote people will like quote a picture and be like, oh she looked better before, or I don't like this, or like the hip is off or whatever. <laughs> I feel like you're damned if you're you're damned if you do, you're damned if you don't like. Um, Glorilla is a perfect example. Everybody was calling her skinny. She didn't get a surgery. She tells people that her ass is the fattest every single day, and I love that for her. Mm-hmm. You know, she's not submitting to the pressures. But let's say if she were to get a BBL, I know for a fact people would talk about that too. They were like, damn, she got one. She looked better before or whatever. Yeah. So how do you feel about, like, all these, all these comments? And, like, do you feel like people's bodies are, like, open to comments on by everybody? Um... I actually feel like it's so annoying when people just mm-hmm. outwardly comment on other people's body. Mm-hmm. Um, if that's what they wanted to do, that's what they wanted to do. Yeah. Like, if they don't want the surgery, leave them, let them be. If they do want the surgery, let them be. Yeah. You know, at the end of the day, like, they're not paying for it. Right. And it's not their body. So why should you have judgment on what I do and what I'm doing with my body and what I'm doing with my money? 
Um, now the sad part about it is I feel like in this society, everyone feels like they have to have an opinion. Yeah. So it don't matter if I just paid 12 K to get my ass done. Someone's still going to say something about it. I could be the happiest person in the world about it. Someone's still going to say something. There's always still going to be that person out there that is going to make a comment on it, whether it be good or bad. There's someone who else's opinion is going to feel like they need to insert it into like whatever like someone else is doing i agree i feel like women and also people in general it's like we can't win especially in the age of social media because people always have opinions you know that saying like uh, opinions are like assholes everyone has one Mm -hmm. but now with social media it's like we have to see everyone's opinion so it's like you go get a surgery you go do something for your body you don't get a surgery someone's gonna like it someone's not gonna like it and then sometimes especially when uh, let's say a popular page or a page with a lot of followers you know they have a lot of influence so if they say an opinion then like everyone joins on that train like right. oh yeah the bbl's bad this looks bad this looks good this looks good. it's like you guys are all sheep right. <laughs> they're all following Follow the each, herd following the herd like honestly just let people do what they want to do as long as you're safe and and healthy and we could argue you know night and day there's pros and cons to these bbls and you know what what it's doing to uh, is it sending the right message to get these surgeries we we don't know we'll have to see in like 15 20 years when people uh when people do the research analysis i don't know what it's doing for for our psyche whatever to like see these people constantly changing their bodies and just the normalization of changing our bodies but she like we're we're in 2023 now this is what's happening if i want a bigger ass tomorrow i could get it and it just is what it is i think it's all about just putting the education out there making making sure people are well researched um taking the time to think about these decisions before they're making them and I support all women, natural baddies, BBL baddies, like gastric bypass, big titty, small titties, mm-hmm. flat ass, whatever. Just be confident right. in yourself. and Because ultimately, even if you do get a surgery, like eventually, it's, it's never like a quick thing. You always have to do, in order to really be happy with yourself, you have to do the self-work. Right. You have to like build yourself up from inside because after you get the surgery, like I said, it could be a never anything. You're always going to find something. If you let society run you, you're always going to find something wrong about yourself. A hundred percent. I was about to just say, like, honestly, at the end of the day, I feel like it should come down to one, being healthy and two, being happy. Mm-hmm. Like you shouldn't let anybody else in this world dictate your happiness. Yeah. So if you going to do something or not going to do something is going to make you happy, then I feel like you should stick true to that. Like, that's that's where your mind is that's what makes you happy that's what makes you feel good then do it like i and i and i've learned that too like you can't really like care about what other people have to say about your happiness what makes your happiness is what makes your happiness that's so well said that's so well said i don't even have to say anything after that. i was like <laughs> boom yeah so okay moving on guys there's Typically, we did this in episode one, but we have this segment called Harsh Truths. So where we basically, myself and a guest, will identify a harsh truth that we feel like life has taught us recently or our 20s has taught us. So do you have any harsh truths or something that it was just like, boom, it just hit you in the face and 
now you're here and you're ready to tell the people about it. <laughs> uh, yeah, hundred percent. Um, not everyone is gonna ride for you mm. the vibe, the way that you ride for them. A hundred percent. Um, it just kind of sucks when like, you know, you give your all to people and you really think like, damn, this person here for me because I'm there for them. And when you don't get that reciprocation back, it's just like, well, damn, what I do, like, why you don't, why you don't be there for me the way I be there for you? Yeah. And especially when you do a lot for other people and you make sure that other people are good. And when you, when it's finally your time and you may be going through it and they look the other way mm-hmm. or they, oh, oh, sorry, I can't help. Mm-hmm. Or, you know, they just kind of, like, disregard you and disregard how you feel. Like, for lack of better words, like, it's fucked up. Yeah. Because you do, like, me, and it happens to me a lot, which sucks. Um, Which is, like, now I've learned my lesson, but it's, like, you can't go hard for everybody. Like, that is a that is a real, real harsh truth I've learned. And in my heart of hearts, I want to go hard for everybody, but not everybody will go hard for me. Yeah. So... Why should I go hard for everyone if they won't go hard for me? I agree. And just to add to that, that that goes hand in hand with my harsh truth that you kind of just inspired. <laughs> that don't don't expect everyone to do like you would do because not everyone is you. Exactly. Like sometimes, especially me growing up and being in my 20s and just discovering myself, I realized I felt like that like, why do I feel like I always care more? Why do I feel like I'm always getting the short end of the stick? Like, why do I feel like I always give more, like, emotionally right. and other people aren't pouring back into me, especially, like, in relationships or, like, I'm the type of person that I'm not really close with many people, but once I find that person, I, like, want to give my all to right. you. And I always feel like I end up giving more than people give to me. But it's, like, sometimes I'm realizing... I'm flipping that into a positive that is like, that's because that's who I am. And like other people aren't going to do, they're not going to do what I'm going to do because they're not me. You know, we just have to appreciate people for what they have to offer and meet them where they're at. But I can't lower my level of the love I give or the compassionate person that I am or the kindness I give because someone else isn't going to give that back to me. I'm not going to turn into a rude bitch just because you are one just for an example like i'm not gonna turn into someone that can't love and someone that can't be vulnerable because you can't be vulnerable you know i just have to meet you where you're at maybe there's other things you have to offer me but you can't you can't be like that you can't be like oh like i'm gonna be cold and hard because that's how everyone else is and it's like some of us are just lovers and we're meant to be that way and i feel like if we keep acting that way and we keep staying true to ourselves. eventually our tribe will find us that's what i'm hoping that's what i'm putting out into the it world it falls into place yeah it'll all fall into place okay so we have we're almost at the end of the episode okay we are at the point where we pick the song of the day Ooh, or the okay. song of the podcast okay so i always ask guests to pick a song that they want to you know end us wrap us up with wrap us out with um any suggestions um 
And it's so funny because we were just talking about this. Um, I am going to have to give it to Ice Spice. We're going to have to do Princess Diana. Ah, okay, okay. And we were actually listening to this before we started. So, yeah, you know, <laughs> Princess Diana, she is. Right. <laughs> yeah. So, if you guys, <laughs> we're all Ice Spice fans here, by the way. But, yeah. Follow us on Instagram at Bronx Girl at Heart Podcast. And thank you for staying for episode two. We love you guys. Damn it, I'm still getting money, I know who I am. I'ma be low, he gon' hit on my grand. If he's small, he gon' act like a fan. If you bigger, they got your head gas. This is slow, so I give him my pass. Like, keep it a stack. This is move on, cause they know I got bands. If he's high, I don't give a damn, and I'm still getting money, I know who I am.